Welcome to the Authentic Church Podcast with Jeff and Fawn Peterson in Orange County, California, where our mission is simply to love God, love people, and live authentic. For more information on Authentic Church, visit us online at AuthenticOC.com. Thank you for listening. I love, I love this time of year. I love walking in here. I love these Christmas trees that the team put up. I just, I, I, I love the vibe of Christmas. There's a lot of joy uh, in, the, in the house. There's a lot of joy in this time of year. And uh, we just want to just welcome you if you're new to our house. You know, we don't want church to be just like a one-time Sunday morning event for you, uh, something in your calendar. We really want you to feel uh, a part of the community because uh, that's really what church is and should be is that we're like family. And, uh, you know, my, I'm blessed today. My parents are here. They're sitting in the front row. Mom and dad, say hi. Just stand. Just stand. Stand up. I'm going to embarrass you. They're incredible, and they're staying with us. And, and we did a kind of a mock Christmas morning yesterday with them and, and our kids since they, they live in the nation of Texas. And so they traveled internationally to come and visit us today here in the promised land of California. Uh, but I, uh, you, I just want you to know that it's no accident that you're here, no matter what brought you or who <laughs> brought you to church today. Uh, I really believe it's no accident you're here. Uh, it's no accident that you woke up this morning, got dressed, got in your car, and drove to Needham Chapel, and you're sitting here with us today. I believe that it's on purpose. I believe that you were created on purpose. You were created with a purpose no matter how you were born, where you were born, when you were born, and what situation you were born into, I really believe God has a purpose and a plan on your life. In James chapter one, uh, or excuse me, uh, in, in Jeremiah, it says, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you, I knew you. He knew you before you were formed. Your parents were just the conduit for him to get what he wanted to get in you into the earth because through you he wants to do something very special in your life. And so it's no accident that you're in this house today. I believe God is building his church all over the world that we're just one component, one expression of it. And I really love this expression that's being built. I love the presence of God. I was so blessed during worship today with Kara and Isaac and Hannah uh, leading us. Thank you for leading us in worship. It was awesome. And we've been in this, uh, the last few weeks, we've been in a series that we titled Legacy. And we've been taking a look at God's call on your life, on my life, and on the church to live beyond ourselves. And really at the heart, like I was, I was sitting in my quiet time this week with the Lord, and, and I was just like, you know, Lord, what do you, you want to say? What's, what's the purpose of, of this, this last uh, this last uh, sermon in the series, like what's really on your heart? And I don't know about you, but I, I find that I'm personally at my best when I'm obsessed with what's on his heart and on his mind. And so I try not to lean on my own understanding or come up with cool notes or stories or whatever. I just really try to lean into God and then the Holy Spirit just kind of formulates stuff, you know? And so I'm leaning into his heart and and, and this whole thing about legacy is really the fact that it, it's God wanting you to partake of his nature. That, there, that he reminds us of legacy to remind us how temporal things are in life. And we, we're reminded how beauty and awesome eternity is going to be. And just the other week we had a, a, a dear woman that's in our congregation step from this life into the next. 
and she lived 42 amazing years. Uh, she left behind an incredible husband of 16 years, and she lived passion, passionately for Jesus, was literally leading and praying for people up into her last days. And I just take a look at the legacy she's lived. Uh, it, it hurts, and we miss her. It doesn't make sense as to why or how that happened. Um, but I'm not going to dwell on the negative. I'm going to focus on the good things that her life was and, and how God blessed us with, with time with her here this side of heaven. And, you know, when you get into eternity, it's literally like a moment, like a split second when somebody steps into eternity and then they turn around, we're all going to be there. So any of you that have lost loved ones and maybe the holidays are difficult for you because you remember your mom or your dad or friends or family that have gone on to be with the Lord, I'm telling you, for them, they're just barely being able to open their mouths and they're saying, wow, and then you're going to be there. Because one day is a thousand and a thousand days is one day compared to our time here on earth compared to eternity. And if I were to go around this room and to ask you a question and say, hey, define legacy. And I just passed the microphone to you and we went around the room and I said, hey, how would you define legacy? Everybody would have a series of definitions, but I think we'd probably all kind of settle at these two major definitions of legacy, legacy defined. And that is legacy is what we invest in and build with our lives that will be passed on to others. And then number two, that legacy is the imprint and the impact of our lives that will outlive us. We're all leaving some sort of legacy, whether you're doing it intentionally or passively. We're, we're leaving a legacy. You're known for something. Whether you want to be known for that something or not, you have the power to change that, right? You know, on Wednesday mornings, I lead a, a men's Bible study. Uh, myself and my buddy Chris Odo and some of the men of the church come to it. By the way, all you men are welcome every Wednesday morning at 7 a.m. if you get up that early and not sleep in. Uh, if you get up that early, we're there. And uh, this past Wednesday, we were talking over breakfast, and I asked the men, I said, hey, guys, what would be, if, if today was your last day on earth, if this was the last day that you had, and you were passing on into eternity like our dear friend Jennifer Silver did last week, if this was your last day, looking back on your life, what is one thing that you wish you would have done that you, were, you knew you were called to do? What's one thing that you wish you would have done that you knew you were called to do, but you just didn't do it yet? When you think about that question, the answer to that question really speaks to your legacy. There's certain things that are inside of you that only you can do. I can't do it. Fawn can't do it. Nicole couldn't do it. Jason couldn't do it. Kara couldn't do it. Only you can do it. There's certain things only God can do through you on this earth, and he's asking you, will you do it? That thing, the answer to that big question, is connected to your legacy. And I want to encourage you, far beyond our time together here on Sunday morning, I would encourage you as you end 2021 and you think about 2022 and what that year is going to look like for you, and it's coming. It felt like just yesterday we lost 2020. It was like a blip, right? And then we barely caught our breath of 2021, and, and, you know, and now it's almost over. <laughs> you know? Does anybody else feel that way? It's like, my goodness, where were we at? I just feel like it was like you know, we just breathed and we lost a whole year and a half. You know? But what kind of legacy do you want to live? My, uh, my boys have played sports through the years, and they, uh, I remember coaching them. I've coached them in basketball and a little bit in, in football and, and uh, some soccer. And, and uh, as, you know, when you're coaching kids' sports, it's, 
you know, for any parents out there, you know, it's like controlled chaos, right? You're just, you're, you're, you're just trying to have everybody listen to you and move the same way, right? You know, you know my, my boys, when they start playing soccer, we call it bunch ball because wherever the ball was, there was the bunch. All the kids are all around. And it's like, no, you're a defender. You know, you're, you know, you're trying to get them, you know? And, and as a coach, you know, you, you would follow the, the rhythms of the game. And one of the things that any good coach, which my buddy Jason Edgman in the front here is a, a high school basketball coach, and anything that a, a, one thing a good coach knows is one thing that you need to be cognizant of is the momentum and the flow of the game. Because when you don't have momentum, it could be pretty dark. <laughs> and when you have momentum, man, you want to do whatever you can to keep that momentum going, right? You want to keep that team on their heels. You want to keep pressing. But when I'm coaching and when I was coaching my kids, as I'm losing control or they're losing control of the game, what do you think I would do? You call a timeout, right? Call a timeout. It's like a timeout can be a coach's best friend. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, I'm gonna, we're gonna call a timeout. Come on over here. We're gonna get, you know, kind of reloaded. And, and if I was to be your spiritual coach today and I was to call a timeout in your life, no matter where you're at in your spiritual journey with God, if I was to call a timeout and pull you over to the side, one truth one saying that I would hit home with every single person here, no matter where you're at in life, is that life is short, eternity is real, and people matter most. Can we just say that together? Life is short, eternity is real, and people matter most. And today is a, it's an awesome Sunday. If you're a guest with us today, you came on a great day. Today is our legacy offering. And, um, and you know, this, this thing about legacy... Uh, that we're talking about today is really investing in, in things that are going to go beyond us. It, 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 it's about reaching people that aren't in this room here today. And if you came here today, um, I just want to encourage you, don't feel any sort of, uh, any sense of obligation uh, to uh, participate in our time of giving. Um, just don't check out on me, okay? Um, but you came on a great Sunday because you're going to witness people who are literally going to be sowing a seed and making an investment to people that they've never met before. You're going to see people that are giving to generations that have yet to be born. You're going to see people that are giving and building for the future of what we feel God's going to do with the great harvest that he is bringing in. And, uh, and we're just so honored that you're here if you're a guest. Um, and for the rest of us, I just want us to, I want to encourage us to lean in. And there's a question that I find myself asking a lot, and I'm gonna put it up on the screen here. It's just simply, God, what do you wanna do through me? On Monday morning when I'm starting the week, God, what do you wanna do through me this week? When I'm parenting my kids, <laughs> and I'm having a moment, and we've all had those moments, I try to take a deep breath, clear the mechanism, right, a little bit. God, what do you wanna do through me in this moment? How do I hear their heart? What do you wanna do through me? God, with my time and my, my talents and my resources, Lord, what do you want to do through me? Because our lives are living epistles, the Apostle Paul said. And in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 2, I like how it reads in the message. It says, your very lives are a letter that anyone can read. Everybody's reading your life. And for you on Facebook and Instagram, they're really reading your lives. I'm so glad that stuff was not around when I was a teenager. Anybody else, right? <laughs> But your lives are a letter that anyone can read just by looking at you. For Christ himself wrote it. He's writing your story, not with ink, but with God's living spirit. Not chiseled into stone, but carved into human lives. And we publish it. 
You're either passively or intentionally leaving a legacy. But no matter what, we're leaving a legacy. You know, there's a, a famous book that became a movie, and you've all probably read it or seen it, Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. Anybody read that story, right? And in Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol, actually, he wrote that book. The story was actually birthed by a, 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 a feeling, a longing he had in his heart to see those that were blessed in the community taking care of those that were less fortunate. And so he, he lived in an area and there was some exorbitant wealth, but then there was incredible poverty at the same time. So you had this dynamic and there was a lot of kids that weren't getting anything with, for Christmas because their parents were being a, barely able to put soup on the table, let alone food and meat and bread. It was literally like just hand to mouth. And he was so struck by that that he went away and he was going to write a, a Christmas story. And he was so particular about it. And, and he felt like this was going to be something that was really going to speak into people's lives. And so he, he started writing in October and he had a two-month window when he had to be finished with that story. Two months to write the entire story. And he had to be done and it had to go to print and there was a custom binding and all these things that he really wanted to get this hands into the hands of people. And he took great care, but it was, it was the burden, it was the heart. He was, he was moved with compassion. The move with compassion led to the story that led to the vision of what he did and then he would later utilize a lot of the finances from that books, the book sales to be able to fund different schools where they would educate and take care of children. But that's how it all started. And that's how God moves. Sometimes he'll put a vision. He'll put, he'll put, you'll be moved with compassion. You'll see something. You'll hear about some story and it kind of pulls on your heartstrings, right? Uh, when I uh, talk to young people and I've been fortunate to speak at some Bible colleges through the years and one of the things that I tell young people is, you know, there's growing up, especially if you're driven, there's going to be a lot of things that are going to catch your eye. But there's going to be a few things that are going to catch your heart. And when things catch your heart, that's when you take notice and you really lean into the Holy Spirit. Say, Holy Spirit, is this what you're calling me to lean into with my life? That speaks to your legacy. On the sides of our church, you see these cards that are hanging up, and they're called, we call them our miracle cards. And at the beginning of 2021, the, the scripture the Lord gave us was out of Psalms 66, verse 5. In Psalms 66, verse 5, it says, come and see the incredible things that the Lord has done. It's going to take your breath away. He multiplies miracles for his people. And this, this, the sides with these miracle cards are filled with stories and testimonies of how God healed their marriage, how God touched their children, how their kids came back to God, how those that have been trying to have a child suddenly were able to conceive. Those that were praying for a supernatural childbirth had the most amazing at-home childbirth this, this past month. You know, there's all these stories of things God did where, where he's literally pulling this story and that story and putting them all together in this beautiful melting pot called Authentic Church. But the thing about legacy is there are stories and miracles that haven't been written yet that need to be written that will only be written through your generosity of your time, talents, resources, you inviting somebody, you loving on somebody and speaking into somebody's life. And that's what it's about and that's what we're about here at Authentic Church. And you're part of that story. And today, um, as we uh, go into our time of, of legacy, uh, there is a scripture out of Proverbs 13, 22 that speaks to legacy. It says, a good person or a wise person, some translations would read, leaves an inheritance to their children's children. A good person or a wise person leaves an inheritance to their children's children. So right there we see wisdom is seen with having three generations involved. 
a good person, the children, and the children's children. And as a church, I feel a wise church, just like a wise person, if you're going to be a wise church and be a good steward with what God's placed in your hands, you need to be one that thinks generationally. In fact, if you think of any great moves of God that have happened in this region, and there's been many. <laughs> you know, when we started Authentic, I said, look, we're not the greatest, we're just the latest, okay? And there's been great moves of God, but when moves of God begin to fail or when those churches begin to die, it's when they start becoming more focused about keeping the generation that's with them rather than investing in the generation that's coming next. So we're a generational church. And so we have, we've, we've, we've outlined, we've leaned into three lanes of legacy that we feel like God's calling us to lean into. And it's really based out of Deuteronomy chapter 16. In Deuteronomy 16, the Lord instu- instituted this rhythm that happened with generations coming together. And that rhythm of generations coming together was seen where the, the men of Israel three times a year would all come together and they would bring an offering to the Lord. And in verse 17 it says they would bring an offering to the Lord that was in proportion to the blessings of all, that's on their life. They would bring an offering. Next slide. They bring an offering to the Lord that was in direct proportion to the way that the Lord has blessed them. So it wasn't like everybody has to give a certain amount or whatever. It wasn't any of that. It was just, hey, in 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 comparison to how God's blessed you, that's that's how we're going to bless the Lord. And so they'd come together. And Jesus actually practiced those festivals three times a year with his disciples. They would come together for the feast of unleavened bread, which was right around Passover. They would come together for the feast of weeks, which is Pentecost, right? They would come together for the Feast of Tabernacles and they would present their offering to the Lord. And that is our model as a New Testament church here at Authentic that we do the same. So while we don't pass the proverbial buckets uh, every single week, um, three times a year, we do have a moment where we hit pause and we reflect and we say, hey Lord, what is, what's, what's an offering that we could bring to you? What are some things that you're asking our church and our house to lean into? There's many great churches in this area. If every church just did what the Holy Spirit told them to do, we would win this region for Christ. <laughs> Amen. And as authentic church, as we come together, if every person that calls authentic church home just does what God tells you to do, we're going to fulfill everything that God has called us to do as a church body. And so the first offering that we have every year in the month of January is to Israel. That's a biblical principle that's found in Genesis 12:3. The Lord said, Abraham, anybody who blesses you, I'm going to bless. And that's a, that's, a, that's a biblical principle. When you apply that biblical principle in your life, you're going to yield incredible results. God's saying, I'm going to bless everybody that blesses you. So we bless Israel. How many agree that it's a good thing when God blesses you, right? <laughs> the blessing of God is often attached to some sort of faith activation, and so as Abraham took steps of faith, the Lord told him, hey, you're going to be the father of many nations. And then he had Isaac. It was when he took that first step in obedience to go and sacrifice Isaac, which he didn't have to do. It was just the test of his obedience. Many times your faith will be tested before it's rewarded. Your faith will be tested before it's rewarded. And so God asked Abraham to come. And as soon as Abraham takes the step up to the mountain with his son, the Lord is having that ram take its first step to go to the mountain as well where that ram's going to get caught in the thicket. So the blessing of God, we, the first offering that we do every year is to bless Israel. The second offering that we do is the heart for the house offering, and that's in the springtime that we do. And, uh, and that's where we're leaning in saying, hey, Lord, you're doing something right now. 
What, what is it that you have for us? And so we did a Heart for the House offering last spring, and some of the monies went to positioning us financially to be able to walk in to this building that we're sitting into today. So many of you gave in the Heart for the House offering, and you're actually literally sitting in what you gave towards when we didn't even know where we were going to have a building. We just knew that the Lord was challenging us to take steps of faith, and it's not always big, massive leaps of faith. He calls them steps of faith, and we were just putting one step in front of the other, one foot in front of the other, and that offering, literally, those that gave in the heart for the house offering in the springtime literally paved the way for us to sit and get into Needham Chapel, which is so cool. And then the third, the third aspect of, of offerings, the third one that we do every year is going to be our legacy offering. And that's what we're talking about today, our legacy offering. And the legacy offering is what are some things that the Lord's challenging us to stretch for? What are things that really speak to legacy? Like we talked about, like legacy is that imprint, that impact that we're leaving behind. What are those things? And since God is a generational God, and we're reminded that life is short, eternity is real, and people matter most... With that thought, we have three lanes of legacy. And those three lanes of legacy, and I'm just going to kind of give a quick recap this morning as you're praying about uh, which lane that maybe the Lord would have you give is generations, evangelism, and the building fund. In the generations lane of legacy, and you guys probably have a card. You should have been given a card that's on your seat. I'm just going to highlight a few of those. The first lane of legacy is generations. Psalms 145 verse 4 says, One generation will commend your works to another. In a recent poll from Barna Research Group found that 94% of adult Christians in America came to Christ before the age of 18. 94% before 18. So we're passionate about reaching that next generation. That's why on any given Sunday or Wednesday, you'll see young people not just serving, but leading. In fact, this past Wednesday night, it was so awesome to have two members of our youth, Noah and, and his sister Abella, helping to lead us in worship for our Wednesday night prayer and worship night, which is awesome. We're passionate about reaching generations. The second area, I don't know where that's coming from. Second, maybe the Lord's just like, that's the one. Somebody wanted a sign, boom, that's the one. Next area is evangelism. What is evangelism? Some of you are like, I'm not even familiar with that word. It's kind of a Christianese church word. What's evangelism? Evangelism, put simply, is just uh, being evangelistic, sharing the gospel, reaching those who are far from Christ, essentially. And in the evangelism lane, we have found that through means of social media platforms, we can actually have a massive impact in this region. And we found that just for $3 a day, if we put out content that we are going to curate, telling the story of Jesus, giving testimonies of healing, deliverance, marriage, uh, kids that came back to Christ, baptisms, are you really living or do you, is there something missing? Well, as we curate content and asking or answering some of the questions that culture is asking, we're going to point people to Jesus as much as possible. And we found that just for three bucks a day, we can literally reach 1,700 people that you and I may never meet. And we can feed content directly to their device with an ad through social media. Anybody ever see those ads? You're like, why am I getting this ad? It's because somebody behind the scenes is targeting you and they, they're trying to find you and get their workout equipment into you or get their Christmas idea gift into you or whatever it is. Well, that's all great and fine and dandy. We think the message of Jesus is better. And so we're gonna do anything we can by any means we can, as long as we can, short of sin, to reach as many people for the cause of Christ. And so we're going to curate content, and we're going to be able to boost those posts. And so 
uh, maybe the Lord would have you give towards that lane uh, of legacy. And uh, one thing we're not really big on is doing mailers. Uh, anybody that's received a mailer, it's like it goes in your hand and right into the trash. I told my mail lady yesterday, Trisha, she's a sweet woman, awesome Christian woman, and she's handing me all this garbage. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want any of this, Trish. Put it back in your van. And she's like, nope, I got to hand it off. And I'm like, I think, I think whoever created all this stuff, all the junk mail and the recycle companies, I feel like they're in bed together, right? Like they're like, you guys, you guys are in cahoots, you know what I mean? So we're not going to do mailers. We feel like the best uh, stewardship that we could have with the money on that area is really to be able to hit people with content where they're consuming it. And the cool thing is it's going right to their device. So they may never leave that sober living home and they're going to get hit with the message of Jesus. They may be too caught up in their own lifestyle and whatever they're doing in Costa Mesa, Newport, Tustin, Orange, Huntington Beach, whatever, that they may not be looking for Jesus, but Jesus is looking for them. And we're going to put out content that's going to hopefully reach them in, in Jesus' name. And then the third area, as we grow and as more people come to know Christ, there's going to be more needs for, for room. We need more room for kids' classes and ministries. And we have a vision for a ministry center that would not just be a place where we could have a gathering on a Sunday or a Wednesday night, but something that actually be utilized and be a blessing to the community all week long. So if, you've, if, you, if it pulls on your heart to give toward the building fund, either in a, a one-time or a monthly pledge, any uh, monies that are given towards that really positions us to be at the best place possible, the strongest place financially to be able to walk into that extended lease or to buy that building. And so I just want to show you a few examples of buildings that we've just kind of some artistic renderings and just to kind of paint the vision for you a little bit. So there's Authentic Church. Then we got a picture of a, a cool lobby space where we could see like coffee shop and people greeting and meeting and counseling sessions and after school tutoring and all that kind of stuff happening in a lobby area like that. And then, of course, the auditorium setting where we could have awesome times of our corporate gatherings. And we know, please hear me, we know God moves beyond buildings, right? I mean, this church that you're sitting in today, Authentic Church, we actually started at the beach, okay? So we started at the beach. It was me and my family, and we'd rock up with the guitar, and somebody would get up and share the gospel of Jesus, and people would get saved, and then we'd take them down to the Pacific Ocean, and we'd baptize them, and then they'd come up out of the waters of baptism, and we'd exchange phone numbers, and then they'd come to my house on a Wednesday night, and we would teach them the Bible. And I literally had one guy that was like, I said, hey, we're going to turn to the book of Luke. I'm going to share with you about Jesus today. One of the guys that started coming to our church, raised his hand at that one of the first Bible studies, and he said, hey, pastor, all I got was this Bible book. Was there another book I was supposed to get? What's the book of Luke? <laughs> the book of Luke's a book inside the Bible because the Bible's multiple books. So anyways, literally, those are the kind of, but that's where we started. It's not about a building. All to say it's not about a building. And evangelism and social media stuff, it's not about building a brand. I'll be honest with you, a lot of that stuff, when I see that, it kind of makes me want to throw up. I'm just, you know, true confessions of a pastor, okay? I don't like people that are self-promoting. I just can't stand it. But if you're promoting the gospel of Jesus Christ and actually giving people tools and resources that they can have that's going to help their marriage, their family, their children, etc., I'm all about that. Amen? So that's where we're at. So with the building fund, and just so you know, too, in case anybody's nervous, well, what's happening with Needham Chapel? We have secured Needham Chapel through March of 2022. So this beautiful spot that we're in, we love it. And we're so grateful to be here. Vanguard loves having us on, on campus. I had a meeting with them last week. They, they want us here long term. And so if we want to move into a different facility or a theater, and they got multiple places we can meet, we just feel it's wise to begin planning now for the future with the harvest that God would have. 
And I know our setup and our logistics team would love to not have to set up the stage and the sound every single Sunday. <laughs> I knew I'd get an amen from some of the dudes. Thank you. <laughs> And again, it's not about a building. It's about making room for more because there's people outside of this place that need the message of Jesus, all right? And so we're gonna do our best to get that to them because we know life is short, eternity's real, and people matter most, amen? Now let me say this. All you need to do is pray and obey because 2 Corinthians chapter 9 says, you must decide in your heart what to give and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. Okay, nobody give that way. I'm not asking you to, there's no manipulation. You don't wanna give, don't give, okay? But what I am asking, if you call this place your home, if you would say, this is my spiritual family, if you'd say, man, I'm, I'm locked in, the authentic church is where I'm, where I'm gonna serve, this is where I'm bringing my family, my babies, et cetera, this is, where, this is a house that I'm, a, I'm attaching myself to. This is your spiritual family, as your pastor. <laughs> All I'm asking you is just pray and obey. And when you pray and obey and do whatever the Holy Spirit tells you to do, there's more than enough. And don't give because I'm saying give and we're having an offering time. No, no, no. You give and be obedient to the Holy Spirit. That's all I'm asking. Amen? So the question that I ask myself again is, God, what do you want to do through me? The key scripture text that we've been going through in our series is found in 1 Chronicles 28, verse 9 through 10. And this is David, and he's passing the baton. He's leaving a legacy to his son Solomon. And he's actually doing it in dis on display for the entire nation to see. He's got all his personal guys, his bodyguards, his mighty men, the, the leaders of all the tribes are there, the leaders within the community, they're there, and it's this coronation day. And he's passing the baton over to Solomon, and he says, Solomon, son, I want you to remember these things. And he gives us four key components of legacy. Number one, he says, no, God. Number two, I want you to serve him. Number three, seek him. Consider now. I want you to take this seriously. The Lord has chosen you, Solomon, to build a house as a sanctuary. Now be strong and do the work. And just a quick recap, that word know, when we talk about knowing God, it's actually it's an intimate word. It means to know God intimately, to know him intimately, that we would know him intimately. Number two, that we would serve him and in our serving, our serving is actually an act of worship where we're worshiping him. And number three, he tells them, I want you to seek him. And when we say seek him, we're talking it literally in the Hebrew, when you would seek after something, you would create a well-worn path to seek him. We'd create a well-worn path to pursue frequently to create that well-worn path. And we're a people that seek God you know, a prayerless church, in my mind, is a, is a dead church. Um, every church that I've been a part of, the pastors and the leaders, man, we are a praying church. And when you're not in a praying church, I just couldn't go to one that doesn't pray because then they're leaning on their own understanding and they're following their own wisdom, not the wisdom of God. So the first Wednesday of every month in this house, we always have a night of prayer and worship. And that whole day and that time, there's a lot of us that pray and fast leading up to that time of prayer and worship that night. We're really leaning into, Lord, what do you want to say? That question, God, what do you want to do through me? We're seeking after him. And then that last area is consider now. David says to him, consider now. I want you to take it seriously. And for us as a church, I'm asking the question, consider now this moment of time. Consider now this young church that's you know, barely a, just over a year old. 
Consider now. Consider now the moment that we have to impact generations. Consider now the people that are living in hell that this past year and a half has been the worst year of their life and they're barely holding on. It's a miracle that they haven't committed suicide. Consider now those outside of this room. Consider now those in this region that need Jesus. You know, one of the alarming statistics that I read when we came to Orange County to plant a church, that in, you know, some people called it the Bible Belt of California, okay? Let me tell you some of the statistics for the Bible Belt of California. On any given Sunday, only 7% actually walk into a church, a Christian church. Only 7% of 3.2 million people. Quick math, that's like not even a quarter of a million people. It's like 224 million, or 224,000 people out of 3.2 million. Out of 3.2 million people. So if, if you're not a church or we're not a people that is looking beyond our walls, we're basically saying, I'm totally comfortable with that barista going to hell. I'm totally comfortable with those people that live in that neighborhood going to hell. I'm good. My family's good. And I'm just, I'm just telling you, church, that's not who we are. We're a church that's going to reach beyond this place. We're a church that we're going to reach beyond borders. We're going to love people where they're at, and we're going to do our best to be authentic. Our simple mission that we've had from day one is to love people, right? Love God, to love people, and to live authentically. We feel like when we do that, when we do that well, Jesus is so irresistible, man, he'll build his church. Some of you, you're, you don't even know how you came into church. Some of you, I wandered onto your front lawn thinking that I was taking a look at an apartment that someone wanted to lease, and you came to the door and we talked, and then you ended up in church here today and brought your whole family with you. Some of you, you answered, you looked, and you saw us on an Instagram post. Some of you were students here at Vanguard, and you're like, there's a lot of churches in this area. There's a lot of people that go to different churches, and for whatever reason, you called this place your home. I believe God brought you here for a purpose, on purpose, to make a difference. So he says, consider now. Why? Because life is short, eternity is real, and people matter most. As we move on in the text, in this story, and go from chapter 28 into chapter 29, David's kind of wrapping a bow on everything. And it says in 1 Chronicles 29, verse 1, And David the king said to all the assembly, he said, Solomon, my son, whom alone God has chosen, is young and inexperienced. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. <laughs> Thanks for the vote of confidence in front of everybody, right? He goes, hey, guys, my son, he's going to be the king. He's, uh, he's young, and he doesn't have a lot of experience. Like, what kind of introduction is that, right? You guys want to follow that leader, right? He said, the work is great, for the palace will not be for man, but for the Lord God. Despite his age, his youthfulness, despite his lack of experience, David says, here's the mic. And he passes the mic. So we're gonna be a church that's about generations. And David says, so I have provided for the house of my God as far as I was able. That's legacy right there. And then David takes it up a notch in front, in front of the entire assembly he gives, what, uh, he gives what I call an ouch offering. Anybody ever have, give an ouch offering? Where you're like, an ouch offering is one where it's like, oh, that's gonna hurt. That's gonna hurt in my budget. That's gonna hurt. I remember Fawn and I, early on in our marriage, we had saved up like $1,000 for a down payment on a house, which is laughable, I know, I know. And, but to us, that was a lot of money. And, and we, were, we were having a, a legacy offering similar to this, and my pastor got up and, and he charged us. He says, you don't give in an offering based on what you have. You give in an offering supernaturally, believing that God's going to bless you in such a way supernaturally that it's going to make a way for that offering that you're pledging today. And we were praying and, and, and asking, God, what do you want us to give? You know, and, 
And our rule of thumb in our marriage is always we're going to have two numbers. Hopefully they're close, but sometimes Fawn's here and sometimes I'm here, just being honest. And so we have two numbers, and we always yield to the lower number. That's, that's good for your marriage, for, lo- for long-term health in your marriage. Somebody say, what? Why wouldn't you go up and take, well, there can be challenges. So that's when you just go away and you pray some more and you see if the Lord would have you give that higher amount or what. That's just wisdom, free, free, free advice right there for you married people. And so we would pray about that, and we both felt like we're supposed to give this amount. And then it was closing time, and we found a house, and we don't got any money. <laughs> and we're like, what are we going to do? And then a family member stepped up and said, hey, we want to help you out with the closing costs of your house that the Lord had blessed them in such a way where they were able to be a blessing to me. You just never know where the Lord is going to bring that blessing from. Mike Rovner, who's uh, spoke here, many of you have met Mike. Uh, he's one of our overseers at the church, and, and uh, I was sharing with him this week, and he was checking in, asking how, how the church is doing, how you guys are doing, and he's just always, him and his wife are just prayer warriors. He's a businessman, runs a massive company. He's got multiple companies and everything else, and he started as a drywaller. Like 20 years ago, he's doing drywall. And now he has a construction company that's up and down the West Coast in multiple states. And it's just incredible what God's done through him. And he was able to refurnish the Dream Center. If some of you know the Dream Center, he was able to go into the Dream Center and help the Barnett family take that old property that was a hospital that they got. And he knocked off over $5 million that they were looking to spend in their renovations because he knew how to do things and, and knew how to value engineer some things. And the Lord just blessed him. And one of the rules of thumb for Mike and Janet and what he would say really led to a lot of their supernatural blessing is they, at the beginning of the year, they always had in mind an amount that they wanted to pledge and things that they wanted to give to that was beyond what their means were right then and there. And because of that then, their prayer was, Lord, supernaturally bless me and my business in such a way that I can fulfill what I believe is on your heart to give through me. And that was his heart. And he would really say, if he was standing here today, he would say, that's what really opened up the doors for them financially and their business to supernaturally flourish. And so David takes it up a notch in verse 3 here. And he says, moreover, in addition to all that I've provided for the house, I have a treasure of my own, my own gold and silver. And because of my devotion to the house of my God, I'm going to give it to the house of the Lord. He's going to give it himself. You know, my parents, uh, like I said, they're here. They're, they've been married for 48 years. This will be their 48 years. And it's been the best 48 years of their life, I know. 45 of them have been incredible. I don't know about the first three, but ever since I came on the scene, you know, it was, it was really good. My mom would say it's felt like five minutes underwater. No. <laughs> But they've been married for 48 years. This will be their 49th Christmas that they're celebrating together. And that's legacy. That's a legacy in my family that I'm grateful for. And I remember as a kid, uh, my parents, they would, I'd see some of the checks that they would write to the church. And I was like, you're spending all that money to the church. Can't you get us some toys? Where's Santa going to get the toys from? You know? And they were so generous in giving. And I remember one particular uh, Christmas um, there was a needy family that my parents found out about. They said, you know what, we're going to make a Christmas for this family. And so we, they, they went out and selected a bunch of gifts, and we got to be part of that process of picking out some gifts for the kids, you know, and it was kind of Secret Santa type of stuff. And my mom, my mom's a rap master, like totally, that's W-R-A-P, by the way, rap master. My mom can rap like nobody's business. It's the most beautiful rappings you've ever seen. 
And so my mom wrapped all the presents and we loaded them in the back of our old uh, navy blue Suburban and we'd go down and we snuck up to the house late at night, right? And then you're taking all of the presents out and we're like, oh God, you know, all our, all our kids were just stoked. It's like we're going TPN, right? You know, so... I know you never do that. We won't teach the youth to do that, I promise. But we did that as kids. And so we're taking the, the, all the presents and we're putting them by the door and we're setting them all up. And then once we got all the presents on, we go, ding dong, and we race, right? You run to the car, we jump in, and my dad floors it. And we go and we take off. That's legacy. That was one of the coolest things as a kid that my parents had the generosity to think of this other family. And I don't even remember what I got that year for Christmas, but I remember what we gave that Christmas. You know what I mean? You remember those things. What's the legacy? And I remember that they, they, one of the legacies that they left us kids was, man, if we were in town, they had us at math, Catholic mass. And it was so boring. And hopefully you don't... My mom and dad, they, my mom said, I'd agree, I agree, right? She agrees. I had the pleasure of baptizing my mom and dad, like, I don't know what it was, 20 years ago in the river. It was awesome. But, um, but we grew up Catholic. It was awesome. Growing up Catholic, there was reverence for the house of God. But we would, anytime we were in town, man, it was a priority. My mom and dad made sure that we were in church and not just in the church, man, when they sat us up near the front where we couldn't screw around because <laughs> me and my brothers, <laughs> we just, we got into some trouble, you know. And the, the longer that I'm a parent now looking back and spending time with my parents, the, the more that I realize my kids don't necessarily do what I say, but they do what I do. Everybody ever find that? And any, any of you ever find that, man, I, I always said, I'm never going to do that, what my parents did. And then you say, man, I'm my dad right now. I can't believe I just acted like that. I'm, I responded this way. I can't believe what I just said right now. That's my mom's words. My mom says stuff like that. My, you know, right? Anybody say, you know, don't leave the door open. Do you live in a barn? Like, I mean, like, right? I think maybe we all had the same dad. I don't know, dad. <laughs> You're right, you have these sayings, right? You, I become a... My question is, what kind of legacy do you want to live? What kind of legacy do you want to leave? So David takes it up a notch, and then in Chronicles 29.9, all the people rejoice because they gave willingly. Here's the key. Generosity is a gateway to joy. Generosity really is a gateway to joy. So David has a legacy, and I'm going to give you seven things about David's legacy that are noteworthy. David's legacy was knowing God intimately, knowing God intimately. Number two, David's legacy was serving him worshipfully. Number three, seeking him prayerfully. Number four, David took the work seriously. He just didn't do it flippantly. He took it seriously. Number five, he gave sacrificially. Number six, he had a lot of mess-ups along the way. We all do, but he finished honorably. And number seven, he left a legacy. So the story goes on in First Chronicles. This is kind of David's swan song here. This is it's coming to the end. And it says in verse 26, David, the son of Jesse, was king over Israel. He ruled in Israel for 40 years. And then he died at a good old age, having enjoyed long life, wealth, and honor. And his son Solomon succeeded him as king. For life is short. Eternity is real. And people matter most. This is the legacy that I want to live here at Authentic Church. This is the legacy that I want to leave with my family and my kids. 
This is the legacy I want us to lean into. Jesus said in Matthew 6, he's talking about having that eternal mindset when you're focused on more things that are eternity-based rather than the temporary trappings of this world. He says, don't lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. No, lay up for yourself treasures in heaven. For where your heart is, your treasure is. Where your treasure is, your heart's gonna be there. Because life is short and eternity is real and people matter most. So my question again is, God, what do you want to do through me? So as you came in today on your seat somewhere, there should have been a card that summarized those three lanes of legacy, and then there's an envelope. And I'm going to have the band go ahead and come up and join me up front. And we're going to have a time of prayer. And maybe you're here and you're like, man, I, this snuck up on me, Jeff. I totally forgot this was Legacy Sunday. We're going to take a moment just to pray and wait on the Lord. And just ask God, Lord, what do you want to do through me. And we're going to do something that we don't typically do here at Authentic Church. We actually have situated up front, we have these receptacles here, these buckets. And we're just going to leave them right up front here. And in a moment, not right now, but in a moment, we're going to have a time where you're going to have the opportunity to physically come and lay your offering before the Lord. And this is between you and God. This is between you and God. All I'm asking you to do is prayerfully ask, God, what do you want to do through me? There's many times in the Bible there were stories of this act of faith, right? Faith, the word faith, if you look it up, it's Hebraic. A Hebraic word is one that's a noun and a verb at the same time. It's unique. You don't see that a lot. Faith is something you have, but faith is also something I do. Right? James says if you have faith, then you'll do something with it because if not, it's, that's just dead, right? And there's countless stories in the Bible where they, God asked them to do something and it was, it's like, Lord, why couldn't you have just filled up her jars? Why did she have to go collect them? Why'd that widow have to go collect them from all her friends and family and then bring them into the house and then that oil kept flowing? Just an act of faith. Why did Moses have to take his staff and raise it over the waters? Just an act of faith. Lord, why couldn't you have just provided supernaturally manna from heaven when Jesus was out on that hillside? Why'd you have to use that boy in his lunch? Because that boy in his lunch was an act of faith. Those loaves and the fish then was given to Jesus and through his hands, things multiplied. When you give to God, it's amazing how he begins to multiply what you thought you had. <laughs> and so I'm just asking you, just pray and obey. And then we're all gonna come before the Lord and whatever God gives you, write down that amount in whatever lane of legacy that you feel God would have you lean in and give to. And then we just obey the Holy Spirit, whatever he said. That's it. So God, we just come before you right now. God, I thank you for the generations that you're reaching here at Authentic. Thank you for our kids. God, thank you for the kids. They bring us so much joy, God. Thank you for the families that are pregnant right now. Thank you for the ones that were recently born. Thank you for the babies. Thank you for the young. Thank you for our youth. Thank you, Lord God. And we pray blessing upon them, that we'd raise up a generation that knew the Lord. We'd see a generation that would grow up knowing who they are in Christ. We'd see a generation that has our identity fixed in what you say, not with what the world says. 
Lord, speak to us, God. In evangelism, God, help us to creatively reach people outside of this room, God, with the message of Christ. God, help us. Give us creative ideas, things that we haven't even seen, thought of, platforms that even haven't, de- haven't even been developed yet, creative ways of storytelling. God, bring storytellers to authentic church. Bring the creatives to help tell stories of what Jesus has done. Jesus, you are the ultimate storyteller. You are the master storyteller. You use parables to get people's attention. Lord, give us, bring us curators and storytellers and writers and filmmakers and musicians and singers. God, bring the creatives in to be able to tell the stories of Jesus in creative ways that's gonna reach people that we have yet to meet. And God, for whatever building that you would lead us to, we say yes and amen. pray that you speak now, Lord God. We're just going to have a moment where we just wait on God as Kara leads us in worship in the song. Just whatever amount he gives you, write it down. And if you don't have an amount, then don't write anything down. It's okay. And then in a moment, a few minutes, we're all going to come forward. For more information on Authentic Church, visit us online at AuthenticOC.com.